You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 127. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Today's episode is sponsored by Bright.com. Bright.com is a stylish online furniture company helping you save money by cutting out the middleman. At the end of the episode, I'll be sharing more about why I love Bright.com so much. Today, we're speaking with Brooke Castillo. Brooke Castillo has already been on The Lively Show, and she is one of the most beloved people that have come on the show, so now she's returning to talk to us again. She is the life coach behind thelifecoachschool.com and the Life Coach School podcast. You guys loved her episode about the ego and reframing negative thoughts. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to start feeling better right now. Because as Brooke says in the episode, what we really want doing whatever we're trying to do in our lives is to do it better. We want to feel better. And we think that by doing this thing, we will feel better. She's going to show us how to feel better right now, how to change the most common emotions that we have in our lives. She also is going to use myself and my own life as an example here. So I'm kind of a guinea pig in this episode. So you're going to learn a little bit more about (laughs) what emotions I've been feeling and how I can shift one of them that many other people may also be feeling as well. All about overwhelm. Let's go to the show. Brooke, thanks so much for coming on the show again. Oh, absolutely. I love coming on your show. Okay. So we've already spoken about your background in your previous episode. So for those who are new to you, they can go check out your first episode to learn more about where you're coming from. Let's get started with this topic that you have shared with me that is super juicy for you, which I'm finding pretty open-ended. So I'm very excited to see where we go. How can we feel better? And first of all, in what way are we trying to feel better? Okay. So what happens as a coach, what happens most often is all of my clients come to me with different issues, but they all want the same solution. And the same solution is always, I want to feel better. They just don't know that. So they'll come to me and say, I want to lose weight, or I want my business to be more successful, or I want to start meditating or whatever it is. And the ultimate reason why any of us want to do anything is because we think we're going to feel better once we get it. We think we're going to feel better once we're doing something regularly. So underlying pretty much everything all of us want is that we either want to, we feel badly and we want to get rid of that feeling badliness, <laughs> right? And we want to feel better than that, or we feel okay, but we want to feel great. One of the things that I noticed is that when I break it down like that for people, it's so much easier for them to understand their true motivation, and it's so much easier for them to get there quickly. So I created this program, How to Feel Better, because I think most people can resonate with that's ultimately what it is we want. And none of us know how to do that in the most elementary sense. And I think that's the biggest shame of anything because... Most of us know how to do math much better than we know how to manage our emotional life. So I think the most important skill we can learn is how to manage our emotional life. And for two reasons, because it's what motivates everything, right? Everything that we do is motivated by wanting to feel better. We just may not know it. And the other reason is because our emotions will fuel this world, right? So the better we feel, the better stuff we're going to create, 
ultimately. And the better we're going to show up for our families and the better we're going to show up for, our, you know, and I think the more creative we're going to be when it comes to our work. Okay. So what do we do to feel better? So first and foremost, you have to understand that there's like two phases. So you have to understand where you're starting from. And that for most people is really challenging. And so maybe I'll play around with you a little bit and we can kind of explore it. So the people that are listening can kind of do this with themselves. So if I were to ask you, what are your top three emotions that you experience on a daily basis? What you would probably, and you're not going to answer yet because I'm pausing you, but what you would probably give me is a bunch of thoughts. <laughs> so I want to be clear. I want you to give me three feelings. Now, feelings are vibrations in your body and they're described by one word, happy, sad, glad, mad, angry, curious, frustrated. Just one word. If you were to pick three on a daily basis, your most common emotions, would you be able to answer that pretty easily? I mean, you're pretty self-aware. so I think so. I think I would say grateful, mm -hmm. overwhelmed, uh-huh. Oh, and the third, satisfied. Nice. Two out of three is not bad. Yeah, the overwhelm one, though, definitely creeps in every now and then. I had it a lot on Monday and Tuesday in particular, so I know that one's got to be in there somewhere. Right. And so if I were to ask you, how can you, when it comes to overwhelm, my guess is that's not an ideal emotion for you. No. How would you go about, quote unquote, feeling better when it comes to overwhelm? Okay, so I remember our last episode with you and you dropped some knowledge bombs. Oh, so you're going to cheat. <laughs> okay, I'll do it, but I know what I'm doing. I'm playing into your plot. So I will say, okay, everyone else that's listened to that episode probably knows where I'm going with this too. So when I was stressed, I focused on, let's, I'm actually thinking about Monday. Okay. I tried to get through what I was doing faster. So those things that I had on my plate would be taken care of because it felt like I was letting people down. Yeah. And I actually was getting feedback literally uh, that wasn't really even specifically to that day, but just in general, it was interesting how life was like reflecting back to me that I wasn't on top of things enough and it was very frustrating. So I worked hard. I hustled more. Yeah. And so that's what most of us do, right? And that's what most of us are trained to do, right? So when we feel a certain emotion, we try and change something outside of us to make that feeling go away. So for example, most of us are, we feel an emotion like overwhelmed because we have so much to do. We have so many things to do. Maybe we're not producing fast enough. People are waiting for stuff. People feel like they're, you know, we're letting them down, whatever it is. And so what we do is we try and solve those external things by taking action. I have a lot of clients that will say, you know, oh, once I get through my to-do list, which is so laughable, right? Whoever gets through their to-do list. But if once I get through my to-do list, then I won't be overwhelmed anymore. But when we try and solve our internal emotional life, by changing external things in the world, we are always on that hamster wheel because we're believing that what's happening is the world is causing our emotions. And that is never the case. Oh, the world and anything in it cannot cause our emotions. Our emotions are always caused by what we think. And I think a really cool way that I've recently been thinking about this that I think has been really helpful for my students is 
In one of my classes, I have a course called Stop Overeating Masterclass. And in one of those courses, I have a woman who is an actress. And I was talking to her about this idea of um, when you're an actress, you have to create emotion based on your character. And so, you know, you may have a character that's very angry or you may have a character that's, you know, despondent. You may have a character that's really joyous. And so I was asking her, how do you prepare to be, you know, that character? And of course she says, you know, you memorize your lines, but then you have to be that character by getting into the emotion of that character. So you're literally creating emotion in your body so you can become that character. And the way that actors and actresses do this is they think thoughts and think of associations that had created that emotion in the first place, which I think is like such a fascinating way to think about how we create emotion, right? Because it's the same exact thing. We think thoughts and usually subconsciously, usually we're not, we just think them so automatically that we don't even recognize that we're thinking them. And this is why most of us have the same top three emotions every day. Because we're having the same thoughts every day. That's exactly right, because 95% of our thoughts are just automatic. Because I can't remember if I talked about this on the last one, but our brain just loves to be efficient. Yes, you mentioned that. It's just efficiency. It's not about what the content is. It's just playing it really well. Yeah. So it wants to take those thoughts that you're good at thinking and put it, you know, kind of in that automatic you know, part of our brain where we don't really, it's kind of where we store our toothbrushing technique, right? We (laughs) just store it back there so we don't have to think about it. I mean, if we had to think, you know, consciously about every single thing we did, you know, we would never get anything done. So if you're constantly feeling, for example, gratitude, you probably have an automatic thought pattern, which is a beautiful thing, right? Yeah, that is really good. And that was actually the gratitude journal habit Yeah, helps reinforce it. So I do it every morning. And therefore, it's kind of like they always say, you know, if you tell someone to look in the room and find all the blue things, then you're going to notice all of these blue things. And then if you have them close their eyes and think of all the red things, they're not going to be able to recall those things in the room as much because they weren't looking for it. It's the same for gratitude. It's so true. I mean, you are literally practicing gratitude. You are practicing thinking thoughts and creating that emotion, very similar to how someone would practice for a part that they were going to play in a like a Broadway play or something, right? They practice their lines, they practice the emotion, and then they live it. And that's what you're doing with gratitude. Unfortunately, you're probably also doing it with overwhelm. You probably have an automatic thought pattern that creates overwhelm. Yeah, let's go into it because I want to solve it. It's something that I always look at it in the past as this is what's kind of causing that overwhelm. I Have you ever done Strengths Finder? Yes. Okay. So my number two and three strengths are ideation, number two. Number three is activation. So the minute I have the idea, I want to do it and execute immediately. And so what I've thought up to this point until our conversation right now is that overwhelm happens so frequently because I get all these ideas and I want to do them. For example, the reason Monday was so stressful is because over the weekend I decided on the spur of the moment to paint my closet. And I thought this would be like an easy thing to do. Things to go. I was like, I have the paint in the basement. It'll just take a few hours. I already have all the things I need. Let's just do it. So that what I thought was a two-hour project took five hours when it came to taping off all the things, taking everything out, taking the closet organization out to actually paint it, cutting it in and all the stuff that it needed. And I ran out of paint. So then I needed to go get 
more paint. And then that was like what I was doing on Monday in alignment with some other errands I needed to run because I never run errands. So it was this whole thing that kind of snow piled into this huge to do. And my closet stuff was everywhere, all over the second floor of my house. And that really throws me off for a loop because I really don't like having stuff everywhere. It really seems to affect my like mental state is like seeing this chaos and all this stuff on the floor in both rooms where I work and where I sleep is just not good. So Oh, there was that. And then there was 60 emails that hadn't gotten responded to and other work that hadn't gotten done. So that's where I was. So tell me how I can fix that. (laughs) Okay. I love how you get yourself worked up just telling me about it. It's so awesome. I know, right? Then I'm like, now I'm feeling the overwhelm just even thinking about it. Exactly. So how is that possible that you can even feel the overwhelm just talking about it? So here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about everything that happened in that day. So the taping off of the closet, that going and getting more paint, everything being all over the rooms, the 60 emails, all of that. And I want you to evaluate whether the overwhelm you felt was optional Could you have gone through that exact day with all those exact same things and not felt overwhelmed? I think I could have. What I would have had to do is divorce myself from external expectations of others. So I think that what was really underneath it all was this sense of obligation I had to other people. And also just to clarify, so I painted the first coat on Saturday. That was the first five hours. But then I had to get the paint and redo the second coat and put everything away and tackle all the other work stuff on Monday. Sunday was busy in other ways, and so I didn't get to it. And three days of overwhelm. And actually, by that third day, seeing everything out was also just so frustrating to me. But I was probably assigning the frustration But yeah, I really don't like having all that stuff everywhere. Well, here's what I want you to see, because this is so important for everyone, because when you're in something, it's so hard to see it. Like you look at all of this stuff all over and you think about, you know, all those emails and you think about people that are waiting for you to respond and all of those thoughts that you have about those things out there are what cause your overwhelm. Clutter, stuff on your bed paint halfway done has absolutely no ability to cause you to feel anything. You could picture someone in that exact, maybe it's not you because you're in it, but you could picture someone else in that exact same scenario that feels peace the whole time. Yeah, I'm not that person. (laughs) But the difference between you and that person is what you're thinking about. So let's like break it really down. Oh, it's not personality because that's where I was thinking. It's their personality is more calm than mine. (laughs) Your personality is just a collection of the thoughts you think. So when you think about all that stuff that's like outside your closet that's laying out, when you look at that, you have a certain thought about it, which is what? It doesn't belong here. (laughs) It doesn't belong here. This is awful. I need things to be tidy. Yeah, this is awful. And like I also wasn't able to record some videos that we wanted to shoot because the stuff was on the bedroom and the guest room as well. So it was like also impinging on workspace too and things I wanted to get done for work. Yeah. So I can't get this work done. And, And what did you make it mean that you couldn't shoot those videos? I think that I probably, if I really have to like really reflect on it, what was the underlying thought there? that it's unprofessional that I haven't gotten this taken care of by the time my assistant comes to help record the videos. And then it's like disrespectful or just like I'm not on top of it. Right. (laughs) So I'm disrespectful. I'm letting people down. I can't work in this environment. 
And my guess is there were, and what happens is, and this is kind of what you alluded to, it's like once you get that going, once you get those thoughts going about being disorganized and not being professional and not being organized and ready for things that you had planned, then that's all you're going to see. And you're just going to keep spinning those thoughts and creating more of that emotion for yourself. Now, Here's the thing. Most of us, when we're in a situation like that, we don't see the overwhelm as optional. We think, oh my gosh, when there is stuff that is not on the schedule, that's preventing other things from getting done, the only option that I have really is overwhelm. That's a given, of course. And most people in my situation would feel this way. But when you're able to see, okay, nothing outside of me, whether it's a closet half painted or close all over and in my workspace so I can't do videos. None of that has the power at all to create my emotion. Now, people will be like, yeah, I guess if you're like a cartole maybe, but <laughs> what about me? But understanding that you are creating an emotion like overwhelm that is not useful to you. And I love the way Eckhart says like worry pretends to be necessary. I totally think that's true with overwhelm too. We feel like overwhelm will somehow fix something, but all it does. So I want you to think about when you're overwhelmed, what do you do? Actually, I will say I did something really good that day. Okay, what? So I went for a run at the end of the day before going to dinner with someone and I listened to a podcast. So this was good. And this got me out of the spiral. I went for the run, made sure that, I mean, there was not a lot of time to do it and get done, but I did do it. And I listened to Rob Bell's podcast, the Robcast, I think it's called. And he had this episode about perfect versus good. And listening to him talk about the difference of what I wanted was a perfect day. I wanted the closet to be done perfectly, which was far from it. There's splatters of paint everywhere because I didn't bother using a drop cloth. <laughs> so was- oh my gosh. That's so me. That's so me. I would do the same thing. I know. And I was like, I just want it done, but I'll just scrape up the paint later. But then I was looking at the paint later. So he talked about tov and the word in Hebrew for good versus the word perfect, which is a Greek etymology, and tov being like bloody, sweaty, like life and and good being imperfect and in process and like th- like, I don't know, it just kind of got me into this, like, life is messy, but can be good and help me kind of look at my day that I had or the people that I let down, even though it wasn't ideal. I was living the Tove idea of good. Like, it was still good. That really helped. So what that did literally is just change your thought about it. It changed the way you were thinking about it, which ultimately changed the way that you were feeling about it. And one of the best things that we can do, and this is what I like to think about when it comes to anything we're creating, whether it's painting the closet or doing videos or, you know, building our businesses, is we can fuel all of our activities and everything we do from really positive, wonderful emotion, or we can fuel it with fumes, basically, which is stress and frustration and overwhelm and anxiety. And none of it serves us, right? When you are in a state of overwhelm, you were saying when you were in a state of overwhelm, you did something good. But what you did by going for a run was an attempt to not be overwhelmed. Yeah. And it actually just helped me work out. So to go back to your Eckhart Tolle, I love him. So one of the things, do you remember him talking about the ducks? No. Tell me. 
Okay, you're going to love this, and I hope everyone listening loves it too. So he talks about ducks, and if you ever watch them in the pond, they will swim up to each other and have a fight, like the male ducks will get in a fight, and then after they're done fighting, they swim away from each other, and they shake off their feathers, and they literally let it roll off their back in a physical way. And he said that what we do as humans, we're not really that likely to physically release the stress or the emotion or the anxiety. And we need to get better at physically removing that so it doesn't get internalized into destructive health patterns within. So going on that run, I actually was thinking about like, I was literally able to like that duck shake off all of that emotion that I had built up throughout that day. And like, literally work it out of my system. And actually, this is interesting. I spoke with someone about this idea of lately I've been running more at the end of the workday. And I've been, especially on like two days I can think of where I had that overwhelm feeling and the run helped me release it. But then I was thinking, you know, in the past I used to try to run in the mornings. Maybe that would prevent the overwhelm from happening. But I was kind of looking at, I wonder how the exercise, is it beneficial to prevent it at the start or even is it still really good just to do it even after you felt that negative emotional pattern? Well, okay. So think about this. This is like a little quiz. (laughs) (laughs) So why were you overwhelmed during the day? Because I was trying to accomplish more. No. No. Oh, (laughs) I don't know that. I don't know. Because I thought the thoughts. Oh yeah. Because now I have to go back. Because of what you were thinking about, right? So I want you to think about this. Had you started that day? No, don't change anything, right? Don't change anything about what you did. Like we're still going to paint. We're still going to spill paint. We're still, <laughs> still going to run out of paint. Yeah. But I want you to think if you had approached that day with the thinking that Rob Bell gave you, like, and just been like, it doesn't have to be perfect. I don't have to finish all my emails. I don't have to do the videos. Like nothing about this day needs to be perfect. What if you just said that? Right. Nothing about this day needs to be perfect. <laughs> what if we all just like went into our lives with nothing about this day needs to be perfect? It's beautiful, right? It is a lot less stressful and overwhelming. Right. So that's kind of what I'm telling you is like, if you can see most of us, we don't even realize the thoughts that we're spinning in our head that's creating negative emotion. We're not even aware of it. So when you can look back at it and you can say, okay, part of the reason I was overwhelmed is because I was you know, making it mean that I wasn't being respectful and I was making it mean that I wasn't going to be able to get all my work done and that I was letting people down. But if instead I had approached that day kind of from this perspective of nothing about this day has to be perfect, it's totally fine that I ran out of paint and it's totally fine that we're not going to do those videos today and those 60 emails are totally going to work out. And I love everyone that has emailed me and, you know, from a totally different perspective. Now, I'm not saying that you wouldn't have still had thoughts of overwhelm because you've practiced those and you do a really good job (laughs) of thinking them. But if you had consciously gone into your day with a different perspective, you would have had a lot less of that emotion. And what happens when you start feeling overwhelmed, it's exactly what you said. You start filtering your perspective based on overwhelm and you start looking at all the things that aren't working, all the people that you're letting down, all the work that you're not getting done. That's literally all you can see. All you can see are the blue things in the room. That's all you can see, which of course perpetuates that same emotion. And you're attributing to what's going on outside of you, which makes you feel like you can't change it. So I love that what happened with you is you went on a run and 
got some new thoughts. That's what I do, right? So I do the exact same thing. I read a book to get some new thoughts to think. I get, you know, I used to like go to the bookstore. It was like my church. I would just go there to like, I didn't realize at the time that that's what I was doing. It's just really putting some new thoughts in my head. So you did that as well, which really actually ended up serving you. So then how did you get everything cleaned up and get back on track? Actually, this is kind of interesting. So then Tuesday happened. <laughs> so I went to, did the run, went to dinner, felt better with this Tove mentality. And I think that is one of my go-to things when I do find the exercise thing has become this new, very visceral tool. I can really feel the difference. But one of the things I've done historically is, yes, expose myself to better thoughts. So I love going to Tony Robbins or Oprah on YouTube and just finding, like literally watching someone not in the state that I'm in talk from that state that I am not in helps me get out of the state I'm in. So awesome. Yeah. And that's literally what they're doing because they're thinking thoughts that are in different emotion, right? Different state than what you're in. And so you can kind of borrow those. It's kind of like, let me check out your script for the part where the person's not overwhelmed. Yeah. (laughs) And let me study that one for a minute. Yeah. That's super powerful. So here's one of the things that I think is so cool when it comes to how to feel better. To kind of go back to what we were saying with Eckhart Tolle, where he pretends to be necessary. And so I decided that I was going to go on a worry-free diet. Like, you know, people go gluten-free. I decided I was going to go worry-free. And it's so amazing. Like when you make a decision like that, there's absolutely no upside to worrying. And if you believe that, if you know that, then every time you start to worry, you recognize what am I thinking that's causing this? And you decide I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. And you can literally show up for your day and decide how you're going to feel. So a lot of people will say, well, I hope I have a good day today. I hope everything works out out there in the world so I can have a good day. Instead of waking up and saying like, kind of like you do, well, I'm for sure going to be grateful today. That's one thing I know for sure because I'm planned on it. I'm prepared for it. And I'm practicing it. I do it before I get out of bed. It's so brilliant. And so, you know, you've given yourself the gift of that emotion all day because you've consciously decided that that's what you want. And I think we can do that so much more often with so many more emotions. We can decide, okay, what are the emotions that we want fueling our results? What are the emotions we want fueling our life? And we can plan exactly like you did with gratitude to feel that. And then what would you like to feel instead of, so you said satisfied, grateful, and overwhelmed. So if you could do an exchange or like, I'd like to exchange overwhelmed, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What would you change it into? Well, probably one of my other lower, slightly less frequent ones, which would be joy or excitement. I feel those a lot too. Or like if you're thinking about in terms of overwhelm, maybe it's opposite would be productive, effective. Effective. That's the one I like. Yeah. So if you buy into my theory, which you should because it's the, it's the truth, <laughs> <laughs> you cause your emotions by what you think. Like what would you imagine? So you know in order to feel grateful, you think about everything in your life how would you describe that? How do you create grateful? Well, the practice I do in the morning is the five things I write down in my gratitude journal, but also Alex Icon shares this 
practice that Tony Robbins shared. So it's kind of a few people removed, like a gratitude walk. And I do this with my dog, not every single time, but I am working on making this the habit when I walk the dog is to think about the things I'm grateful for while we walk and also the things, and you. this taps into exactly what you've shared on your last episode, even the things that I am, I don't have yet Like I'm super excited about my hot, awesome boyfriend in the future and my future husband and that we are so happy. And I think about that because it allows me to tap into the emotion of that. Yeah. Now. It's so good. I love that. It's like gratitude ahead of time. Yeah. It's like prepaying. Actually, they say worry. This is Joyce Meyer. Worry is making a down payment on a problem you may never have. Oh my God, that's so brilliant. Right? So you could say gratitude is like making that future gratitude is like making a down payment on something you'd like to have, I guess. That's so brilliant. Oh my God, I love that. I love that. So you're basically going to a split a place where you're thankful for having something, whether you already have it or you're you're gonna have it very soon, right? Yes. The other thought that also tandem goes with that, my huge, huge mantra right now, which is a yogic phrase, practice and all is coming. So that kind of touches into everything I want to experience and have in my life in the future. Those experiences will come through practicing that emotion right now. That's exactly right. I love that so much. I was not doing that on Monday. (laughs) No. Well, and here's what's so cool. If we think about that on Monday, what's the feeling that you want? The feeling you want after you have a newly painted closet is so fun, right? It's like this amazing sense that like, especially closets. Cause like when you take all your clothes out, the paint is always gross in the back. So (laughs) it's like, you have like this sense of, and like satisfaction probably would be one of them. You know, the theory is that you should fuel and you can fuel the action of creating the result you want with the emotion that you think that you'll have when you get it. Yeah. Especially with a partner. Like I bet you're way more likely to attract a partner that you want feeling the way you want to feel than the other way around. Totally brilliant. So if you wanted to feel effective instead of overwhelmed, what do you imagine would be a good mantra for you? Like a thought that I need to have. Yeah. I mean, I really like too, for you, the one, nothing about this day has to be perfect. Yeah. This Tove, it really is helpful. Cause like when I disappointed that person in the email, I was able to recognize that they were disappointed and that I wasn't doing this perfectly, but I was on the path and I'm learning how to deal with this like level of things. And it's not going to be pretty and perfect all the time. And it's not going to meet everyone else's expectations, but it can still be Tove. Well, and just think about how effective that thinking is versus like, oh my God, I'm letting people down. I totally suck. I'm not doing a good job. I start too many projects and then I don't fit it, right? And going off on that, which is all that's going to do is create overwhelm versus like, okay, this person's disappointed. Nothing about this day has to be, be perfect. perfect. That is good. It's all good. Yeah, it changes. You will reply to this person probably in a very effective way. (laughs) Yeah, I did a good job replying because I recognized that what her expectation was was totally her expectation and not a reality of what was reasonable. And it was ironic that it didn't even have anything to do with that day. Nothing that happened that day actually in my life triggered that reaction she had. Oh, that's so fascinating. It was so funny that it she happened to come to me that day. So it reinforced the thought that I wasn't doing it. But what she was even upset about was not something I could reasonably even take on. So 
and it had happened like last year. It was like totally, it was a, a very interesting situation to have happened, but it did reinforce this thought of, I have a lot to do and there's no way I could ever get it all done. So I'm curious, out of those 60 emails, were there any that were like awesome? Oh, there's a lot of them that are awesome. I just don't have time to get to them because I'm trying to enjoy my life and keep executing on other things that I'm doing with work, like the show and the class and painting a closet. <laughs> but I mean, there's there's awesome emails in there, but those aren't the ones that you bring up. And those ones that understand that it's been a delay. I'm not thinking about those people. Of course not. <laughs> I'm thinking about the people that are re-emailing me and be like, Jess, did you get that email I sent? Right. It's like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. Let me look for all the emails that can create more overwhelm. It's so fascinating how we do that, right? It's like, let me look for all the blue. Let me look for all the blue. And that's what we find. Instead of what we we could be doing is checking out, oh, this person is totally satisfied and excited with the work that I'm doing and they love me. How nice. Like, let's spend a moment there. But we we won't do that because, wait a minute, we're overwhelmed right now. We can't take time to like be in that space. So I think that if we were all pulled aside, I think, I don't know, I think it's probably at high school graduation and we're all required to take a six-week class on how to deliberately manage our emotional lives. I think we all end up with a slight different trajectory and a lot more enjoyment in terms of accomplishing whatever it is we want to do. Because I think so many of the negative emotion that we attribute to stuff outside of ourselves is so unnecessary and not useful. And we think, oh, I don't have a choice. There's so many things on my to-do list. I don't have a choice. My car just broke down. I don't have a choice. My husband is out of town and I have the kids. So I not, it's like required for me to feel this way. We don't even see that it's a choice. It's like, no, we can have a half done closet, paint everywhere, stuff all over, videos undone in 60 emails, and we can just feel effective. We don't have to ever once feel overwhelmed. And in fact, I can't even think of an upside to it. How powerful would it be if we knew that ahead of time? Super powerful. Oh, my God. Like crazy. Awesome. It's just about reminding yourself because the next day was actually really great. I woke up early, got the closet stuff done because I had had time to finish painting the day before. So that went much faster the second coat. Got it done. Put the stuff away. So that was nice to have the physical space regained. Once again, the space and mental clarity, physical clarity, etc. Then the assistant came over to do the videos as planned. And I didn't have time to get my hair and makeup done. There was a dead squirrel in the front yard we had to deal with. We had the porch light was out and she's super tall and I am not. So we ended up recognizing, give, and also the lighting that day was the darkest it's been all year in the morning when we were going to record. So I actually did recognize in that as far as being effective goes, that there was no way we're going to do these videos effectively in this situation. So why don't we look at what can be effective given the situation and circumstances, which was help me get this squirrel into this trash bag. Let's get the light switched out. And actually there's another light I need to switch out and you're tall enough to reach it. Can you do that? Let's get all of these other things done that would have just been more overwhelmed in the future if I had been trying to record these videos despite the circumstances not being good. And then also we even looked at the videos and really questioned whether I needed to do them at all. So we actually realized, yes, I should have at least one new video that is new, but I don't necessarily have to re-record 10 videos. So given our constraints of the rest of the week and our schedules and the weather and all the circumstances, what was ideal was actually just doing one new video on Saturday afternoon instead of 10 videos on Tuesday morning. Love it. It's so good. And now I felt better. And I had a blast. I mean, it was like, I've never laughed so much 
at a situation like scooping a dead squirrel into a trash bag. I mean, it was that does not sound good at all. It's not good. And I like was so sad for the squirrel when I saw that he had died and all these things. And then some like raccoon dropped it in my yard of all the, of all the yards to drop it in. And then I have to deal with it. But at the same time, I was able to laugh at the absurdity of the situation. <laughs> but paying my assistant to help me with the squirrel. I love that it's like, because we always make fun of everyone on our team. We're always like, squirrel. Because, you know, we all get distracted by it. So I love that you like literally <laughs> had us. Well, the neighbor was like, you need to take care of that. And I was, yeah, like, can we put this in another person? Why did this squirrel have to come into my yard? But, you know, we enjoyed it. We got twinkle lights up that I hadn't done for months. So we were very effective in other ways. And I just dealt with the absurdity of the situation and, and didn't force it to be something it couldn't be. And that was totally different than how I approached the day before. It was very Tove. <laughs> yeah. So here's one of the things I want to give the people that are listening like a really easy way to like a, a tool that you can use like on a daily basis. Whenever you notice, like think about this, you guys, like what are your top three feelings? Like just check in. You can do it right now. Like what are your top three feelings that you've had today? If you were to, you know, pick and if they're all three positive, you should pay attention to that and like figure out why. What is it that you're thinking about today that's like creating that wonderful day for you? And this is what I do. Like I'll notice that there's like some kind of twingy emotion, like something's kind of bugging me and I'll name it. I'll be like, oh, I'm frustrated or I'm upset. You know, I'm angry or I'm sad or I'm disappointed, whatever it is. Okay. So once you name it, then the best activity that I have found that something that you'll actually do do what I call a thought download. And it's just five minutes where you write down the thoughts that are in your head. And I've done it on the back of receipts. I've done it on the back of my hand. I've done it like just getting the thoughts out of your head and onto paper. So what that does, it's like a mini meditation. It puts you in the position of the watcher. And when you're watching your thoughts, you can't be your thoughts. You can't be at the effect of them because you are watching them. And so just writing them down just for five minutes and having a look at them. And most of the time what happens to me is I look at those thoughts and I'm like, well, no wonder. Right. No wonder I'm feeling overwhelmed. And be really careful to not attribute any feeling of overwhelm to something outside of you. Make sure you recognize the only reason I'm feeling overwhelmed is because I'm thinking I'm letting people down. I'm thinking I can't work in this environment. I'm thinking that I took on a project and I shouldn't have. Whatever it is, just write those thoughts down. Just recognizing that that's enough. And at that point, you can decide, okay, if I have 60,000 thoughts a day, like think about that, 60,000 thoughts a day and my thoughts create my emotions. It is not too much to ask to have a look at five minutes of those thoughts as they run through my head and make a decision about just one of them. So one of the thoughts that we've provided for you here is nothing about this day has to be perfect. Even if you just pick one to think on purpose, like as a mantra, and you direct your mind to think about it, your mind will comply. It's very compliant. It will do whatever it wants. It just needs whatever you want. You just have to tell it what to do. Otherwise, if you leave your mind unsupervised, I like to say it's a toddler with a knife. It's totally innocent. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not trying to stab things. It's not trying to hurt you. It's just doing what it does. And so if you picture, you know, a toddler with a knife running around your house innocently, that's sometimes what your brain is doing. It's creating thoughts that are causing you a lot of pain that's completely unnecessary. So 
write down for five minutes and then make a decision. Do you want to keep thinking those thoughts or do you want to direct your mind to practice thinking something different and notice how much that will change how you feel? Now, let me just add one more thing. And this is something that's really important to remember. Your thoughts create your feelings, but why does it matter what you're feeling? Because your feelings are fueling all of your actions. So if you really want to take action in the world and create something of value, which most of us do, if you're listening to a podcast like this, you most definitely do. You want to take responsibility for that fuel that you're using to create in the world because the better the fuel, the better the result you're going to get. And so that's not just for you. That's for, first of all, you'll be able to enjoy the process more, but you will also create something that's more valuable. And that I think is the cycle we want to create and repeat. And then that's the cycle that becomes unconscious, exactly like Jess talking about her gratitude process that's now just totally unconscious, right? You wake up and you just do it. It's not, you don't negotiate it. Exactly. And also I'm working on embedding and infusing my life with pleasure. That's my newest genre. Oh, tell me everything I want to hear. So pleasure is this third way when it comes to sexuality, which is a totally different topic. So instead of just looking at sexuality or even just it doesn't even have to come from that, but that's where it started for me was understanding sexuality in a, in a greater way. And she pointed out to me that we're typically taught to in society in a binary way historically with men and women. Obviously, there's an evolving dialogue around sexuality right now, especially, but that historically in the U.S. and all of those types of things, given in that construct, that women were taught to get attention through either their brains or their bodies. As like, or there's a spectrum of that. And I was trying to learn what sexuality as a newly single 30-something, what does that mean to me right now in my life? And how do I interact with that concept? And I was talking to Elisa about it and recognized that I definitely growing up had been more on the spectrum of like the brains and the attention, but was really confused about the body and sexuality side of things. And instead of having to have me go down that path, she showed this totally different way, which was through pleasure and not sexual specifically or exclusively, but embodying pleasure in our lives. And it's not even just a feminine concept, but to just train myself to start finding ways to infuse my life in every moment in my body with pleasure in all five senses. So I did that this morning, totally different day than Monday. I really focused on it today, especially. I made sure that like, what is the most pleasurable way I can answer these emails? It is with a warm cup of tea on the sofa with a candle that's brand new that I just lit, that I really enjoy. And all of those things, wearing my favorite jewelry and my cozy sweater, like all of these things went into creating this feeling of pleasure. So when I went to those emails, I had a totally different emotion and action as a result because I had filled myself up with pleasure to begin with. I love it. I mean, this is just such a beautiful example of living a conscious life, which I think is what a lot of us are missing. And we don't live unconscious lives on purpose but it's really just our automatic autopilot. It's actually easier, but less beneficial. That's what it is. It's autopilot. 
Totally. So it's easier to just get up and throw on some sweats and not get yourself some tea and open up the laptop. But when you are conscious about it, when you really think about something beforehand, and that doesn't take, I mean, how long did it really take you extra to think about and deliberately live your life in that moment? And yet it made your life so much better. It didn't take more than five minutes. And it's with the quality of those first four hours of my day, completely different. Yeah. But, and here's what I want to offer, because I think a lot of times when we talk about pleasure, they think it's a luxury, maybe that they can't afford. And what I want to offer is that giving yourself a nice cup of tea and lighting a candle and really taking care to like be deliberate about that isn't just about you giving yourself some pleasure like that you would see on some commercial on TV. It's about you really living a conscious and deliberate life. And that will affect everything else in your life. I mean, it's exactly what we're talking about. Like, are you going to wake up and decide how you're going to feel today? Or are you just going to let your day determine that and live in autopilot? And if, hey, by the way, if your autopilot is gratitude and pleasure and effectiveness, keep that autopilot going. But for most of us, it's not. Most of us have a lot of subconscious programming that creates negative emotion that's unnecessary. And we slip into a subconscious life, an unconscious life that isn't deliberate, that keeps us from kind of creating, I think, our best version of ourselves. And I think that's why it matters. So I love that example. I think it's perfect. And you've actually helped me now. Looking at this autopilot, I think of Airplane, the movie with the blow up autopilot. It's like it's your toddler with the knife. I could think of it's like the guy that's a blow up doll running the plane. And it's like, well, okay, so if I'm overwhelmed, my blow up doll, that's like kind of like, you know what I mean? That is your book title. That is it. Like, Is a blow up doll running your life? <laughs> It's a blow up doll. Yeah, that's a whole nother take on pleasure and sexuality, I suppose. <laughs> but so now we know if we're feeling those negative things, it's like the autopilot dummy pilot in the plane is running instead of us. And we're too busy fussing in the back of the plane with the trays and the snacks and all that stuff, thinking that that's what's important instead of like getting in the front of the plane and going, where are we going? And where do I want to go? <laughs> totally. Yeah. And just taking enough time, just even in the morning or even in the middle of your day to just be like, okay, the reason I'm feeling this way is because of what's going on in my brain. So let me just take a little minute of mind hygiene, take a look, clean it up a little bit, and then move on with my day. If you were to do that even just once a day, even just once a day, do that and then maybe say, how can I add just a little bit of pleasure, which I think is a fantastic question to my life, you're going to end up, I mean, just shifting that kind of boat rudder just enough to end up in a completely different place. And I think that, you know, sometimes we make evolving ourselves such a big, huge thing that we don't realize that it's just the little things that we can do daily that can, I think, make such a huge difference. I know that sounds so cliched, but it's so true. It's doing the muscle work. It's lifting the weight so that muscle gets stronger. Yes. And then repeating. And repeat and repeat. So what would you tell someone who's just starting out on this journey? I would say to them, please don't overwhelm yourself with too many things to do. Just pick one thing and repeat every single day. And you will know, I swear, within seven days, you will notice a difference if you're consistent. It just has to be five minutes a day. Awesome. Brooke, you're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, you're amazing. I love you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And there you have it. Thank you so much, Brooke, for coming on the show again. And thank you for listening. If you would like to send Brooke a message, you can do so on Twitter at Brooke Castillo. And you can find me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter 
at Jesse, as in Castillo Lively. For show notes for this episode, you can hop over to jesslively.com slash Castillo 2 Before I share who's coming up next week on the show, I'd like to take some time to share about today's sponsor, Bright.com. Bright.com is awesome. And I'll first say how to spell it. So if you're going to type it into your browser right now, you get to the right place. It's B-R-Y-G-H-T dot com. They're an awesome furniture company that has beautiful styles with tons of leather, cloth, and velvet sofas, chairs, and furniture items, along with lamps and tables, etc. I love my sofa. I've had it for several months now. I think I got it in October or November of last year, and it is so sturdy, beautiful, and really makes my room stand out. I love having it. And what's beautiful about this is the prices are also just as good as the designs. One of the other things that I love about it is that it's only $49 shipping and you have a 30-day no questions asked return policy. So for $49, you can get a whole sofa delivered to you and put into your house. And also you have 30 days to live with it and no questions asked. If it doesn't work out in real life, you don't have to keep it. If you'd like to go check this stuff out, go over to bright.com to see all of their styles. Again, that's B-R-Y-G-H-T.com. And now for a sneak peek, next week on the show, we're having Matthew Hussey. Yes, Matthew Hussey is coming on The Lively Show. You may know Matthew from the Today Show as he is the dating correspondent, and he's Cosmopolitan's male voice for dating advice. And his website is gettheguy.co.uk. Matthew is adorable, first of all. He's also British, so this episode will have a wonderful sound to it. Your ears are welcome for hearing his British accent in this episode. We're going to go into all things dating and personal development. It's going to be a fascinating dive into how he, as at such a young age, he's only 28, and he's already done all of these amazing things by that age, how he's gotten to where he is what we need to know if we are dating or we have friends that are dating. Maybe this is a thing to share with them as well. And just like I said, it's kind of some ear candy. It's a really fun episode. He's very charming and I can't wait to share. Until then, may something wonderful happen to you today. (laughs) 